It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan world. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you all listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. How fast is this year disappearing? It's already the end of March, which means we're just about to come to the end of our focus on how to attract customers' attention and have conversations with them that build their trust. In honour of that, today I'm bringing you a great e-commerce story from a business who have to build more trust than most before they get that first order. So let me introduce you to today's special guest. Nathan Rothstein is one of the founders of Project Repat. It's an American business which turns your favourite old t-shirts into quilts. You might be thinking, okay, so they have to convince someone to trust them with their favourite t-shirt. Interesting. And yes, that is really interesting. And I know we'll end up talking about that later. But what makes it even more interesting is that they're a really big business. They've served over 55,000 customers and in 2015 did 4 million in sales. Hi, Nathan. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And just before we dive in, I'll just warn our listeners, you may hear some bangs. That's because there's some building work going on, but we wanted to bring you this anyway because the content is great. So Nathan, I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. So how did you get started in e commerce? Sure. So, you know, I I started um, a business in in a similar way that most people start businesses where you start in one place and then you kind of drift over as you learn from customers what they actually want to pay for. Um, and so, so my business partner and I were, were working on concepts to think about uh, what happens to old clothes. Um, America's largest export right now is actually secondhand clothing. Really? And so the, yeah, there's a, wow. there's a whole business of um, importing and exporting secondhand clothes. And a lot of the times when you, in the United States, when people donate clothes to Goodwill or Salvation Army, a lot of those clothes end up being shipped overseas um, into these huge secondhand markets. And they wind up actually um, being resold in the in the developing world or they end up in landfills. Um, and so our, our goal was to help uh, prevent this excess in clothing from ending up in landfills. And, um, you know, we started by making T-shirt tote bags um, out, right. of people, out of people's shirts and, and scarves. And, you know, we tried lots of different things, but we would stand at local artists' markets in the Boston area, and people kept coming to us, and they said, well, can you turn my T-shirts into a quilt? And we were, you know, we were too guys in their late 20s at the time and you know we didn't really want to make t-shirt quilts <laughs> uh that was just not it just didn't seem that interesting to us um but then when no money's coming into your bank account that's not that interesting either and and we really couldn't uh stay a business that way and so we finally figured out a way to make them at an affordable price and we offered them on uh some flash sale websites and Apparently, what the American marketplace wanted was an affordable T-shirt quilt. Cool, and that that's then led into Project Repat. Yeah, and so the idea is that we're repatriating textile jobs back to the place of origin, and so so many 
so many of our clothes were, were made here in the U.S. And then since uh, NAFTA, um, the North American uh, Free Trade Agreement in 1994, many of those uh, textile manufacturing jobs left the, left the United States. And so um, only about 3% of clothes in the U.S. are made here. But there's about 2 billion T-shirts printed every year in the U.S., but they're mostly made overseas. Gosh, so there's, that's, that's a massive shift in jobs, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And so we, we've tried to work in places um, that once had thriving textile industries in this country. So it was uh, in Massachusetts and New England and then um, also in North Carolina. So there's people there with the skills you just need and desperate for work. So you married those two ideas together, the recycling piece, the customer demand and the desire to to really make better use of, of product and help that job angle. You, you've got an awful lot of kind of values, mission items going on in your business. <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes, you know, all those things can kind of get clouded and, you know, those things are all great. Um, but the most important thing that we do is the product and we help people preserve their, their T-shirt memories because T-shirts have become like scrapbooks and, you get one for every race you run in, every time you volunteer, where you went to school. And so they really, they really represent who you are. And so you don't necessarily want to throw them out. And um, what we do is provide a, a safe place for you to preserve your T-shirt memories. Excellent. And just to, to, to take us back to kind of the e-commerce piece, you started off doing on a on a you know stool at the market. At what point did you decide to start doing doing the business online? So we were we were always selling online. We we created a Shopify site really early on. It's I think it's it's never been easier to uh, launch an e-commerce site, but it's it's never been harder to get the word out and have people find out about you. And so we were we were trying different ways to interact with customers and do customer learning. And um, the we felt the markets was a great place to do that. And that's that's really one of the smartest things that we did was to interact with customers as quickly as possible, even if we had an online business. Um, and so, you know, we started off like an omni-channel retail kind of retail <laughs> and um, online, but we, we really started to see sales uh, once, we, once we did Groupon and, and a couple other flash sales at the time. I, I think... You know, people's tendency is to think about how Kickstarter can really boost their online business. But the, the problem with Kickstarter oftentimes is that when you launch something and you send it out, you're, you're really only finding out if your friends and family like you or not. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've, we've started lots of things since we graduated with school. And so I think we, we, uh, there was some fatigue on what, what were new things that, Ross, my business partner, and I were starting, and <laughs> it was it was more difficult for us to ask ask for stuff from our friends and family. And so, you know, we we saw the flash sales as a great opportunity to go out to an audience uh, who didn't know us, and they they were just judging it based on whether they liked the product or not. And that's really the best uh, customer data you can get. Oh. Definitely, definitely. So you're based in the US. Do you sell only within the US or are you global? 
So we sell we sell mostly in Canada, but we we've, we have some um, UK customers as well. And every now and then we have some different Europe European countries. And so we're we're open to it, but we haven't we haven't focused on it yet. Yeah. Okay. And um, and are you still on that same Shopify platform? Yeah. So Shop, Shopify has been great for us. I mean, there's constantly apps being added to the. Um, platform and um, you know a site like the one that we have it would have cost us a lot of money to build <laughs> five years ago but now um, we've put in some work some development work to customize it to make it work for us but nowhere near the amount that we would have had to do before Shopify. And are there you mentioned apps there are there any key ones you'd, you'd really recommend? So we our our whole business is really based around email marketing, and we use a business uh, business called Clavio, and they do our email marketing, um, and you can segment out lists, and so, um, you know, we can send out emails based on different people's actions and how often they buy or if they've signed up to a list and they haven't bought, and then we also create this welcome series. So when you put your email into our site, we send you a series of emails that introduce you to our brand and get to know some of the different stories that we had talked about earlier. And I, I mentioned up front about the fact, you know, you've got that difficult trust building piece because, you know, there's it's not a click here and you know what you're getting. You've got to send in T-shirts. You've got that trust element. You, you get to pick the size. There's kind of customization, which always slows down the likelihood of purchase. So is that welcome program kind of heavily designed towards getting people to like know trust you so they'll be willing to take the plunge and put in the order yeah exactly i mean everything that we do is to try to build trust and our our website is is trying to show different validation points Uh, we use this program called tag board that um, if people go to our website and they see the testimonials page it creates a a nice looking display of all of our social media posts, and so people. What's what's been really helpful for our business is that since these are people's T-shirts, they feel like they're part of the design process, and so they're more likely to share the product at the end. And so on the Instagram on Instagram, people add their their photos or their quilts to hashtag Project Repad, and so. You know, there's there's now hundreds and almost thousands of reviews of, of people posting on their on Instagram of their t-shirt quilts, and we have a lot of we get a lot of Facebook posts as well. We really encourage that when people get their quilt, and so everything's really about trying to get people to share this with others, and that really validates the process. And we also have videos about what the manufacturing process looks like and. We also explain different details about the prep work. And so, yeah, we try to make people feel as comfortable as possible so that they send us their shirts. And that's a mixture of you making sure they understand who you are, but also encouraging as much of that social testimonial um, friend get friend type scenario as possible. Right. Yeah. And we, we also use the Shopify app referral candy. And so people get a unique link that they can send out to their friends and every time someone buys from that link they get a paypal credit oh nice so so literally cold hard cash for recommending 
for, for yeah, encouraging that, your friends. That, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, but we find that, you know, once someone trusts us and we, we see a lot of our Facebook posts that begin with people writing, well, I, you know, I didn't know if I could trust them and I was really worried when I sent off the shirts, but this is one of my favorite purchases ever. And when, once they've had that experience, uh, they're really likely to tell their friends and family. It's like, you know, I, I trust this place. It's a great price and you should do it too. And that's, that's, that's even more powerful than, than the, the monetary value of a reward in a referral. Yeah. The monetary just, just encourages them to actually get on with it, I guess, doesn't it? Whereas naturally they're going to shout about it a fair old, a fair old bit. Um, so how many of them, how many of you are there in the team? So we, we have a interesting business model where my business partner and I are full time and then we have a part time person who does customer service. And then, uh, we contract out the production work to our two production partners. Um, and there's about 60 people working on it every day, but we don't pay for production until after the product ships. And so mm-hmm. our overhead is, is pretty low and my business partner and I can really focus on marketing sales, which uh, brings more business to our production partners, and so it all works out well. well that's the um, the retail aim, isn't it? Not to have to pay for the goods until after you've taken the money and shipped them to the customer. So, uh, well done on the cash flow front there. <laughs> I know there's, there'll be a lot of people listening going, "Oh, I wish I could manage that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we still have some inventory because we we use fleece on the back, but yeah, I mean we are we are pretty lucky that. You know, we can only ship out a product when the customer sends in the goods and then we pay for production after the product ships out. Yeah, that's, um, there's a lot of people out there who are jealous of you right now on that front. <laughs> <laughs> Less jealous on the persuading someone to send you, you know, doing the marketing to persuade someone to send you their treasured memories, but very much jealous on the cash flow front. So we've talked a lot of a lot of different elements of the business there, but what, what in your eyes is the most awesome thing about Project Repat right now? Uh, <laughs> oh, a tough I mean, question. <laughs> yeah, it's the most awesome thing. I mean, you know, we we are really lucky to um, be in this position. I, I think we we never thought it would grow this quickly. Uh, for the first eighteen months to two years, we were we were living in in our office space. We were we bootstrapped the business, and so we were barely paying the bills. And you know, it was just really difficult for us to. Uh, drive traffic and get people to go through this. And so uh, last year was really our our breakout year and we were able to keep our production partners happy throughout the year and give them a good amount of work. Um, And then we had a huge holiday season and now we're doing about 3x what we were doing last year at this time. And so we're just, we just feel really excited about our growth and we're really motivated to keep growing. And I think you know, some of the, the social good aspects that I talked about at the beginning, you know, we're just really excited that every time someone sends us their shirts, we're creating good work in the U.S. and we're recycling T-shirts and keeping them out of landfills. Um, so it's a win-win-win. <laughs> Definitely. And I suppose a 3X, that's quite quite impressive. I guess that's partly because of, you know, the slow start and then it, it you can kind of imagine it's going to be an exponential graph because of that 
personal recommendations side of it because each person who's you know got a cupboard full of t-shirts that they love who turns them into a into a blanket into a quilt rather and then raves about them they, they could be telling five six ten twenty different people depending on you know the, the community that's around them so it it's not a one customer leads to one customer it's potentially a one customer leads to ten yeah we we hope so we we also have started to pour a lot of our advertising dollars into Facebook marketing and it just works really well because you know with Google it really only works to advertise on page search for words that are relevant to us like if someone's searching for t-shirt quilt but with Facebook we can go after all the customers who they don't necessarily know that this product exists, but it's mm-hmm. actually the perfect product for them. So moms of kids who are active, um, former athletes, people who are members of uh, Greek life, which is a big thing in the U.S. And um, it's also become a way to memorialize someone who passed away. And so Facebook gives us a uh, direct channel into into those customers and we're able to acquire a lot of emails and get them into our welcome series through Facebook advertising. So your Facebook ads are all about the email sign up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. And um, just uh, in the UK, uh, every December, one of our music radio stations, one of the BBC radio stations runs Wear Your Old Band T-Shirt to Work oh, really? Day. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> Which, awesome. Which, um, you know, it's kind of, well, you wear one of them, but if you were yeah. into bands that much, you probably got a cupboard full of, you know, me- of memories through the ages, you know? So maybe, maybe, you know, have a look out for that, that, um, that trending on Facebook next December and see, see, you know, it might drum up some UK orders. Um, so what's on, what's on the ra- radar at the moment? What's on the to-do list for 2016? I think we're always trying to create a more efficient production system. And so we're always uh, working to shore up our manufacturing and make sure that we're, we're ready for ramp up. And then, um, you know, we're, we're really looking at how do we, how do we use our Facebook marketing and email marketing? And then how do we create some brand partnerships that um, could really continue our growth? And so we feel really, motivated and happy that we can we know that we're going to be in business now and then it's just about how do we get to a to a bigger place i guess for you guys it's been wow we've had a good christmas where did that come from yeah now (laughs) oh we're we're a serious proper business now okay right now we're a serious proper business where do we go (laughs) yeah exactly it's a nice (laughs) nice problem to have so um so you mentioned about tagboard and about facebook ads a little bit about Google ads and those emails. Is there any, are those really the, the Facebook, the Facebook, are those really the marketing methods you focus on primarily? Yeah, we, we do these exit pop-ups. So when you go to our website and, and you, you click out, there's a pop-up that says, wait, save 20%. <laughs> and ah. that, that, that works really well. So you're actually um, monetarily incentivizing the email sign up at that point. Yeah, I mean, we we learned that e-commerce marketing is really all about collecting emails, and then it becomes a numbers game. And so we know that um, about seven or eight percent of the people who come to our website put their email in, and then about twenty to twenty-five percent of those people end up buying. And so it's just a numbers game that we have to keep improving and increasing. 
I I would just like to point out to the audience who've heard me droning on about this for at least three months that I did <laughs> not pay Nathan to say that just then. And I just want to reiterate, he did just say that seven to eight percent of his visitors sign up. And of those people who sign up, 20 to 25 percent go on to buy. So any of you out there who still don't have a pop up and a clear email sign up on your website, please sort it out. Please. Um, sorry, personal plea from me, <laughs> from me there. You've also, just one last question before we, we get into kind of the, the top tip section. You've done very well on the press side of things with the magazines and TV and all the rest of it. Is that something you sought out or is that something that just came, as, came alongside as a result of you talking about your story? Yeah, I mean, I think one or two came from people reaching out, but a lot of it was me following people on Twitter who who I thought wrote about relevant things and were interested in Made in USA and recycling and entrepreneurship and and then uh, me reminding them that we're here and <laughs> here's what we're, here's what we're doing and you know it took a lot of it took a lot of work um, but you know, it, some, some press really leads to other press and then Mm -hmm. some press leads to a lot of web traffic and then other stuff is more for recognition and validation, but, um, and SEO, but it all really helps. And it it also, you know, you said it's a lot of it's about getting the customer to recommend it to other people. So you take your, your business benefits from the trust those two humans have with each other. But also if you get featured on, a, another magazine, the readers of that magazine see the magazine trusting you and therefore they're that bit more likely to come and place the order. So I guess it's a similar model, but using corporate trust rather than using human trust. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think some people, you know, especially with some blogs and also some news sites, they're just really loyal to what they hear on on those publications. And once they hear that you know, we're an actual business and maybe it's a behind the scenes look at what we're doing and they can see inside the factory. I think for so many apparel manufacturers or home goods manufacturers, people have been so secretive about how stuff is made and people haven't really cared about um, who makes it and what conditions they're working in. But we're, we're one of the few places that's really transparent with how we make this and who makes it. And so we tell the story of who, who those people are. And I think that also gains trust with people. Oh, so, so true. So, so true. Right then, it's time for the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Nathan, are you ready to go? Sure. Okay, so the book top tip, if everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I I think it's important to read books about entrepreneurship and and e-commerce, but also to read books about uh, history. I I read a lot of nonfiction books and current events um, and actually... uh, one, but one of the books that I that I always uh, point to as as something that really gives you a lot of marketing ideas is a is a book called Contagious, um, and it's by a University of Pennsylvania professor who I'm who I'm blanking on right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all right. I'll look, I'll look it up and I'll add it yeah, to the show notes. If, it's if fine. you look it up, but it, it just gives a little. It just gives great ideas on you know what are things that make people share it, um, and it's. 
it's not necessarily like those monetary values. It's something that's unique that, um, that is something that really makes people uh, want to share with others. Because it's kind of the real human psychology, yeah, solidly exactly. explained by a professor who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, who I don't, who I don't remember the name, but luckily for Google, if people Google contagious, they'll find it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, the traffic top tip: Which marketing method do you either prize above all others, or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, I mean, I think it's getting the press, but I, I think if people aren't doing it right now, they should really invest in. In Facebook advertising, I mean, they've improved their web platforms so, so much and, the, you know, there's so many different kinds of ads that you can do. But, you know, once you find something that work works, just simplify it and just pour some more money into it. Um, and that's something that we've done pretty well in the past year. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's so, so much more intuitive than Google AdWords. So easy to get started on. It's... um. It's, yeah, definitely a must do. So the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? We use Slack. And I've, I think obviously we're not the only ones, but it's, it's great to manage. Uh, a lot of us work in different places. We don't have a a central office and so it's a it's a great way for us to communicate as a team and then also with our production partners excellent and then your startup top tip if you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business what would be your first tip for them so try to get customer validation as quick as possible and don't don't ask them you know would you buy something if this existed try to create a a product and and see if people would actually buy it and you know if they don't if they're not buying it it means that you need to shift and try something that they will buy <laughs> that comes back to actually going out on the streets getting a getting a um a market store like you did so you can actually physically interact with them not just yeah. watch them disappear from your website. Right, exactly. Cool. Uh, well, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about, including the name of the author of Contagious, by going to <laughs> ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 43. I've got one last top tips question for you, Nathan, which is, if your business didn't exist, which e-commerce business would you like to be running? Uh, well, I, I had tried to start a marketplace to fund education needs by shopping at local businesses that did not work, but I would, I would try to figure out a way to make that work. <laughs> oh, I like that. Go back to a past project and, yeah. and make it work. Cool. Uh, so Nathan, before we say goodbye, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Sure. So we're, we're at Project Repad on Twitter and at Project Repat USA on Instagram, and you can find us on the internet, Project Repat. <laughs> nice and easy, those ones then. <laughs> I'll make sure there's links to all of those in the uh, in the show notes and everything else, which, as I said earlier, are at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 43, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, or use the search box. Nathan, thank you so much for being on the show today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. Thanks for having me and sorry for the noise in the background. <laughs>
Well, Master Plan World, I told you it was going to be a good one to wrap up our Q1 activity, all about getting and building that trust with the customers and getting them into your website. What great advice from Nathan there, both on how to get people to your website in the first place and then how to build those trust elements off-site and on-site and with the welcome sequence, which of course is going to be something we'll be covering in much more detail in Q2. So as I, as you can imagine, uh, as we're coming to the end of Q1, we must be about to launch Q2. So our Q2 focus, I'll be launching on the podcast next week. And it's going to be all about getting that first purchase and turning your inquiries into buyers. If you haven't got a clue what I'm waffling on about, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash the customer and you'll find out all about why we've declared 2016 the year of the customer. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.